This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I'm your host, Mike Kukowski, and the Packers came out and truly handily beat the Bears on Sunday evening. I mean handily beat them. The final score might have said 17-9, but the Packers shot themselves in the foot constantly in this game. Think about it. RF offense never punted the ball for the entirety of this game. The Packers... The Bears had the fifth-ranked defense in the NFL over the, like the last seven games, and they didn't force us to punt literally one time. That's incredible. But obviously, the final score didn't exemplify those types of offensive results, and that's because the Packers still made a ton of mistakes and yet still handily won this game. On the first drive, we drive the length of the field, and Jordan Love takes a sack. Now, Love did make a few mistakes in this game, and this was a big one, and Love has done this a ton this season. I can count like five times on my finger right now because when we get in the red zone, there isn't someone open, and Love takes a big sack, which turns a 33-yard field goal into a 41-yarder, and it takes it from a chip shot to really a normal field goal try, but that type of added pressure is unnecessary to add to a rookie kicker um, and this can't happen, and he misses the kick. That's three points. Then, So right there, three points. Then right before halftime, the Packers again drive the length of the field, and we make about three mistakes in a row. First, Tucker Craft gets a catch, decides to try and get five more yards instead of simply going out of bounds, so we lose about 20 seconds off the clock because of that. Then Jordan Love tries taking what I would consider a really risky shot at the end zone that I thought was a turnover-worthy play for sure, just threw it up in what was pretty close to double coverage and was almost picked off. And then it all ends, the half ends on the very next play, okay? There's 11 seconds on the clock. I look down at my phone because in my head I'm like, oh, they're going to kick the field goal because they are close enough and you're just going to, it's just too close to run the risk of getting tackled in bounds, which we didn't because we didn't have any timeouts left. And we get tackled going backwards on an out route, um, which leads to the clock continuing to wind down. And we fail to put up points because of another crucial mistake. That throw by Jordan Love was put in a place that forced Wicks to st- kind of go backwards. Also, Wicks needs to push up field as well. But both of them were part of that crucial mistake. Packers had a chance to go into halftime 13 to six, which would have been a much better way to go in halftime. Um, uh, but they don't, they miss out on two field goal opportunities. So then after the Packers go up 14 to six in the second half on the next drive, Jordan love it's third and two and love tries to run it for the first down, but there are two defenders in the way and there's no way he's going to make it. And he's going to have to take a huge hit in the process to get his, this first down. And he fumbles the ball in that process, leading to the bears, getting the ball Packers turnover, and the Packers were already on the Bears' 42-yard line at that point. If Love had just simply slid, got just one yard, we would have had a fourth and one on the Bears' 41-yard line, which the way our offense was playing, I think we could have had a great chance of picking that up. Then the Bears 
get a really bad call that goes their way, giving them a free catch um, for a ball that clearly bounced off the ground, which led to a Bears field goal. And then the Packers drive the field, and Love has just an incredible throw to Bo Melton, which while it was close, it was ruled a touchdown on the field. And Melton, for the slightest millisecond, caught that ball and was in bounds. And it's frustrating that because I really believe that should have been a touchdown for the Packers. And right there, that's seven more points the Packers should have had. So this score should have really been a 27-6 win because truly, and that's truly how the game felt. And so, yes, it ends up being a one-score win for the Packers, but they did win. And whether the score said 27-6 to or 17-9, to the Packers are playoff bound, and this is awesome. Because if you asked me what I wanted to happen this year, I would have said, you know what? There's no point of winning. It's just not worth it. We're not good enough. We should just tank for the quarterbacks in this next draft. Um, but that was because I didn't know Jordan Love could be this type of quarterback. I thought he could be good. I thought there was a potential for him to be good. Um, but he wasn't just good. He wasn't just a starting quarterback caliber good. I He was a he was an elite quarterback over the second half of the season. The reason we solely won this game was because Jordan Love was so good. He went 27 for 32, 316 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He was just awesome. And this his completion percentage was the best by a Packers quarterback other than one game led by Aaron Rodgers in like Packers history. The transfer of ownership is official, guys. Jordan Love is the new owner of the Bears. In the two games, Jordan Love has played the Bears now. Uh, this year, he went 42 of 59, 561 yards passing, and five touchdowns. Basically, was unstoppable this season when playing the Chicago Bears. And like we continue to mention, but guys, Jordan Love has been elite since the second half of the season. He almost led the NFL in touchdowns at the quarterback position, only behind Dak Prescott this year. Since the second half of the year, Brock Purdy has been the best quarterback in the NFL with a 91.0 passing grade. Jordan Love has a 90.9 passing grade after last night's performance. So that's point one behind Brock Purdy. Right now, Jordan Love, as a passer, is playing almost better than any other quarterback in the NFL. That's insane. And that type of production we're talking about here is just, at this point in the year, going in the playoffs, anything can literally happen. And it's just special stuff. And I think the best comparison I'm seeing, and we've mentioned, it's hard when you mention the elites, the great greats okay you know because you see a little bit of Patrick Mahomes you see a little bit of Aaron Rodgers you see a little bit of Brett Favre but I don't think it's those guys I really think and this is gonna rub some people the wrong way I really think it's Matthew Stafford Stafford is a quarterback who if he'd been healthy he'd have a very very much more successful career okay but he's a guy who when he's on, he's better than almost anybody. He just isn't always consistent. And that's what we're seeing from Jordan Love this first year in the NFL. A QB who's, at times, like his a few games, eh, puts the ball in harm's way. You're like, what is happening? Um, and then, out of nowhere, this guy can go on a three-game stretch and be the best quarterback in the NFL. And if you have that ability, especially in year one, okay, this is year one Jordan Love, I'm comparing to now Matthew Stafford, okay? You have a QB who can have that type of potential. You have a chance at winning Super Bowl with a quarterback like that. That's why six weeks ago, when I said, hey, we better pay Jordan Love now before it's too late, it was probably the right idea because now after all of that, Jordan Love might not just be up for the $40 million Daniel Jones type of contract, which I think 
if we could get him on that contract, would be a steal at this point. He might be up to the next 50 million a year type of quarterback deal if we don't negotiate well enough this offseason. And it wasn't just Jordan Love. Our offensive line played very well in this game, played a big role in helping Aaron Jones have his third game in a row as a 100-plus yard rusher. Jones started to get more involved in the passing game as well, which is huge because he's been struggling in that area this season. And we lined him out up out at receiver on the very first drive just to get a great matchup on a linebacker. And we know Aaron Jones can make those guys look silly in coverage. And this is the fastest Aaron Jones we've seen. This year, he, record, he was recorded at 21 miles per hour, which is faster than at any other point in his career. It doesn't make sense because he's getting older, but he's he's like, He's getting more athletic. It's crazy, and he's just so tough. Like that final run to get 10 yards and plow through to get the first down to end the game, awesome stuff. His type of elusive ability plus this now new ability to run through a couple extra uh, to run forward, to finish forward, get a couple extra yards, this could be the balanced offense we need in order to make a run in the playoffs. And the praise doesn't stop there. Tucker Craft was awesome once again, taking on Montez Sweat in the ground game, making plays after the catch, a great all-around tight end he has come out of nowhere. We get back Luke Musgrave for this game, and they worked him into the lineup for sure. But next week, I think he's going to be playing a bigger role. He did this than he did this week as he gets his legs back underneath him. And then the statistical leader for the Packers at receiver this season, you might have thought at first glance it'd be Romeo Dobbs, but it was Jaden Reed, guys. And he had another great performance. And Jaden Reed surprised me this year with his speed, his savviness as a route runner. We're much more developed than I had ever thought. I truly wonder how off that 40-yard dash test was last year because he is just so fast. Um, But even though Reed led the team in receptions and yards, I still think the best rookie receiver on this team isn't even him. I think that player is Dontavian Wicks. He just has this incredible, incredible ability to get open. And he does it almost before he even takes a step. His release off the line of scrimmage is some of the best we've seen, which led to our only two touchdowns in this game. These two, I think, truly have the potential to be special if this is what they've been able to accomplish in just in just in year one. And honestly, they're overtaking Romeo Dobbs. as He's overtaking Romeo Dobbs as the top receiver option for this team for sure, maybe even over Christian Watson if he can't get healthy. I think Watson still has a ton of potential to build an offense around, but these two, that's just how good they were this season. If you look at all rookie receivers this year, these two were the fourth and fifth best receivers in the NFL, according to PFF, only behind Rasheed Rice, Puka Nakua, and Take Dell. Okay, so now you have Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed as go-to targets in this offense. Christian Watson should be healthy next week, ready to play. Literally, the best game of his career was against the Dallas defense last season, where he went off for four touchdowns in that game. And then I still haven't even mentioned Bo Melton, who's a very useful player as well. He is short, he's speedy, probably faster than Jaden Reed, and that type of speed has been shown to be so valuable over the last four games as he's been integrated into this offense with all the injuries the Packers have endured. And now you can start to specialize what he's doing for your offense, doing those motions, doing those jet sweeps getting deep down the field, okay? And even though Dobbs is dealing with that slight injury, this is probably the strongest the Packers pass catchers have been all year long going into a game this Sunday against the Cowboys. Only, And just to cap it all off, only to just how good our receivers have been this year, only two teams in NFL history have had more receiving yards by rookies, and, that, and those two teams were from the 1960 NFL season. So basically no team has ever done this except the Packers. So, 
And it wasn't just our offense on Sunday. It was our defense too. Joe Barry called an incredible game and specifically brought out these five-man pressures on third down, and the Packers were able to totally shut down this Bears passing game when playing man coverage, which is awesome. We got pressure on Justin Fields quickly, leading to five different sacks that all happened on third down, uh, just third down ending drive sacks, um, which is the key reason why our defense held the Bears to just nine points in this game. Carl Brooks having another outstanding game. If he can add that type of pass rush ability in the playoffs, our defense might actually stand a chance. Guys, last offseason, we knew there were a few extremely talented interior defensive linemen. Jalen Carter at the top. He has an elite PFF grade. There was Kobe Turner and Collar Brooks were the next groups of guys. Brooks, who the Packers got, was the non-athletic version of Kobe Turner, basically, who I also love but got drafted in the third round. There was a chance to truly change your entire interior pass rush. Gosh, I would have loved that opportunity. Had we not invested a pick into a 25-year-old rookie last season in Devontae Wyatt, we could have drafted Carter, Turner, Brooks, traded Kenny Clark away at the deadline. Oh, my gosh. Carter and Turner right now are the fifth and tenth best interior defense alignment in the NFL this season. Then you have Brooks as your rotational pass rusher. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, let's not be too negative today. Um, We'll be more realistic at our later podcast later this week. But there's just so much to celebrate about this team. One of those being that in Jordan Love's first season as a starter, guys, not only did he lead this team to the playoffs, but he led the NFL's youngest roster to the playoffs, which is just nuts, and the youngest average age team to ever make the NFL playoffs in NFL history at an age of just over 25 years old. And just think about how all of this happened. There's no reason why anyone thought the Packers would be making the playoffs. We traded away a Hall of Fame quarterback. We let eight starters walk in free agency. We signed no significant free agent because we had no cash to do so. We have 23 draft picks over the last two years make the final roster for the Packers, not counting several undrafted free agents. Okay, so like 27 of your 53 guys basically are rookies or second-year players. We had to restarted entirely on special teams this year. We lost our all-pro left tackle in week one, the best player on our team. And we played primarily without Christian Watson, our number one wide receiver for most of the season, and without Aaron Jones for most of the season as well. Even if this was the end and the Packers lost this game against the Cowboys, this type of momentum is so important because of the 14 playoff teams, the Packers, of the 14 playoff teams going into the offseason, the Packers have the most draft capital and the fewest upcoming free agents this upcoming season in 2024 um, ready to make this roster even better then because we're going to be able to add more free agents. A lot, Most of our roster is staying together. We have more draft picks than anybody. We have the young age, a ton of expected development from this young team to be even better in 2024. So there's a lot to be excited about, and now the Packers are playing with house money. Okay, There's no reason we should be here, and yet we are, and we're going to have a blast doing so we have the second lowest chance to win the super bowl of all the teams that are left only behind the Steelers. and the whole process starts with us traveling to dallas to face the cowboys who are undefeated at home this season this sunday a 3 30 central time game and the packers have a lot of playoff history with the dallas cowboys it should be a super fun game for us as fans and like i said even if we lose this game this year has been a big win because the hardest thing to do in the nfl is find a franchise quarterback and the packers have done that plus more by identifying and finding so much other young talent who are also coming up big as we finish the 2023 regular season. So that's all we have today, folks. If you have not already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review, say, here we guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now. 
so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.